0: Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dot Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs.
1: Prepare to be underwhelmed.
0: And away we go. The, the first thing I wanted to jump into was a lot of the crap that has been going on lately uh, in the, the magic community, um, where there was uh, a decent amount of controversy that was going on um, with one of the the major cosplayers or one of the major faces of um the the face to face or kind of IRL aspect of the game, um, with Christine Sprankle, um, a a really well known and, and well renowned cosplayer, um, and someone in the community at large, uh, that has a uh, um, uh, I, I would say a you know a YouTube channel or a Twitch stream. Uh, etc., but has basically just been using it straight for bullying um, for uh, essentially um, straight just you know a hundred percent harassment uh, so there was sometime last week um over the holiday or before the holiday actually um or maybe right after holiday, I forget the timing. Um, that Christine Sprinkle said she was basically quitting magic and quitting magic cosplaying um, because of this uh, this one individual, um, and there was obviously caused a, a big outrage. And um, there's a lot going on with that, based on uh, a lot of high level members of the the magic community, uh, kind of at large, both, uh, from the, the professional player side of, of things, the content creator side of things, um, other cosplayers, other just prominent players, um, other just well-known entities, um, that basically, you know, said what happened here is not right. Um, this shouldn't happen. Um, and anybody that's trying to do this, you know, should not be allowed to, to get away with it. Um, now there's, uh, I mean, this is something that hits close to, to home for me, obviously the, you know, there's a high chance that, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here recording this if it, if it wasn't for magic. Um, so anything that uh, cuts at the heart of that and, or cuts into uh, the openness and the, the collectiveness that, that the magic community has Um and, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time um, is amazingly well at exceeding, uh, and exceptionally great at you know being all inclusive, uh, and being a safe haven for anybody who wants uh, you know a game, a community, a fun time. Um, and so, I mean, there's there's you know no hate uh, in, or there's no no place for hate in in any of that space. Uh, so that that was something that uh, I. Didn't really know how to to respond to. Um, I you know made a, a simple response um, on Facebook, and and we'll we'll link to a couple of, of things here. Uh, but I just I wanted to to kind of get some of that, or kind of use that to to open the show this week.
1: But I've been so detached from magic lately um, that I uh, I obviously you know scrolled around on Reddit and was seeing posts and was like trying to figure out what had happened. Doesn't necessarily surprise me. Um, that she went you know she was having to deal with that, and then the fact that there there's sort of that issue with you know, with that toxicity in magic um because so like I've worked at several different hobby shops, and I've interacted a lot with the player base, and like eighty percent of the player base is fine, right like you're not going to have any issue with them. They're going to let you do, you know, they're going to do their own thing. You're going to do yours. It's going to be fine. And then you have like 7% ends up being like really, really toxic. And those are the ones that you end up remembering. Um, And that remaining 13% are people that take magic way too seriously and forget that it's fun and uh, it's supposed to be a game. Exactly. And that's, yeah. So you end up remembering that 20% Um, And bad play experiences, you know, I had a guy one time I was playing. um, So what makes it, what compounds it even worse is that I play control. So um, it's a reactionary, it's a reactionary play style. uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with the game, uh, basically where my actions are dependent on what my opponent does. And some players don't like playing against that. Um, So... Uh, I was playing, I also play a lot of combo, um, just because it's fun, and sometimes I like to count to 20. So um, I remember one time I was sitting down in a, I was at the shop that I currently freelance for, uh, that I haven't done any freelancing for in a hot minute. Um, I was sitting down, I was playing Storm in, in Modern, and I play a card, see my opponent's hand. I realized he's on living end and he's going to play a blood moon. So uh, the first fetch land that I cracked for is an island. And he screamed at me for the entire rest of the match about how I was just an awful player. And was he was totally flummoxed about how I knew to get an island when he was playing living end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, most lists us don't even play blood moon. And I'm like, dude, that's standard that's <laughs> the standard thing and like i remember those like i've had a few experiences like that where you know even in casual or even more a bit more competitive settings where i've had to deal with that 20 percent. and like dealing with that 20 percent makes you not want to interact with 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 met you know just granted you're most of the time you're not going to have a bad experience, but that is there in the population. And and, and, and in defense of Magic, it's not just Magic that has an issue. It's a lot of gaming. um, Mm -hmm. A lot of gaming in general has that issue overall. Um, So it's like, it's one of the reasons I, that's one of the reasons why I just don't get enjoyment out of Magic as much as I used to, um, is because the, um, every, (laughs) there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of that toxicity that goes through uh through environments. And um I mean we both know uh, a mutual player, uh that we uh I'm not gonna name any names specifically, but uh if you can remember Quidlash, that Quidlash game we played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh <laughs> that one answer specifically uh <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, and that's there's there's yeah. a handful of players like that, and it it for me it ends up being a, uh, a on a scale of where you're playing, what you're doing, and uh, it, a lot of times it ends up being uh, big fish in a small pond syndrome, um, yep. where when you when you look at, at what you're doing or or what uh, those individuals hope to get out of their actions. Um, It ends up being something where they're, you know, obviously in it for themselves, um, but something where uh, they, you know, see somebody else succeeding. They see somebody else doing something or making a positive impact. um, Mm -hmm. And it's a, you know, a why not me scenario or what's so special about them scenario. Um, And there's more, Again, not naming names, but there's there's more numbers than I can count. Where um, in both you know local instances, and then even with just the certain individuals in the in the community at large over the you know mm-hmm. past number of years, um, that that's been a problem. But then when you also look at the game through uh, another aspect, and you see that the uh, Grand Prix level has been growing, um, you know nonstop. They've been getting bigger and bigger. Um, Maybe not necessarily the main events, but the the uh, the, attendance, uh, the yeah. attendance of the overall weekend um, has been consistently growing. With a focus on using cosplayers as a uh, ambassador for the game, um, with the focus on having the additional art there um, and artists come and and support the show. So it's not all about playing. It's not all about coming and spiking a tournament. Um, for, for that given right. week, it's it's about the community and it's about the experience and it's about the friendship and, and again, coming for a game and, mm-hmm. you know, going to have fun. Um, and so, so when there's certain individuals who are, you know, targeting other people specifically with, uh, you know, hateful rhetoric, vomiting back mm-hmm. what some of the, um, uh, you know, politicians and other uh, – uh, political movements in in the country or, you know, kind of on on online or, you know, around the world, um, are using for, uh, just to 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 essentially denigrate others and to create an artificial divide when there's either no need or they see it as as a way to uh you know fill their coffers or increase their own stature it's it's absolutely ridiculous and so um i know that there was a lot of discussion about what wizards was going to do in response to this situation how it was different from previous situations etc um but i I mean the there was a a a great um announcer a great release or an open letter to the community um, by a a large number of pros. It was a a pretty high number. I want to say in the 40 plus, Yeah, I was going to say it was like 40 or 60 or somewhere around there. So it was, it was a decent number of pros were basically saying like this type of, um, Stuff is, is not going to be tolerated, and, you know, it, this is a game um, for anybody who loves any aspect of it, from, you know, Kitchen Table Magic all the way up to the Pro Tour. Uh, this weekend was the World Magic Cup. Uh, I was busy all weekend, so unfortunately I wasn't able to watch any coverage. Um, but I, I want to go back and check some of that to see see uh, if they have anything there similar to, you know, the NFL addressing their yeah. the uh, uh, National Anthem protests. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot there that, again there's so much that magic brings to people to the um, for the good of people uh, and to see, you know, for lack of a better term, assholes trying to uh, specifically target individuals just because they think they can, um, you know, create some some dogmatic momentum uh, off of somebody else's back just isn't right. Um, And so many and even I've unfortunately been going through this with a lot of arguments lately. Um, like even a lot of the the complaints or a lot of the comments that, that were said uh, and directed um, towards Christine Sprankle and everything mm-hmm. that, that this individual was using as a way to attack her and other people were jumping on board and, and agreeing with and, and everything like that are completely unfounded for, you know, just – even just attacking cosplay as a whole and being a Comic-Con goer and things like that and um, talking about, about comics on, on other podcasts and everything, that's a pretty big part of the experience for going to, to cons in general, be it uh, Comic-Con, video cons, uh, fan experiences, things like that. Um, yeah. And you can only do so much when you're trying to painstakingly handcraft a costume that is resembling a character in the game. Or in a game, or in an IP. Um, so when I was in GP Detroit last year, uh, we booked the hotel that was right across the street. It was a Players Hotel, um, and it was ended up being you know super close. Again, right across the street from where the venue was. Um, Saturday, I had to play until uh, the last round, until to see if I was dead for Sunday. Um, so played it out. I was dead, but then by that time, like, everybody was kind of closing up. At the same time, this was the same weekend when they were previewing the newest set, debuting a couple of the new cards, and this was when they just had just debuted the newest Avisen. But at the same weekend, Christine Sprankle was also cosplaying as Avisen. once they started doing that, because they had a full-size replica of one of the, uh, I think, in Detroit, they had Mark Kav Manor, Throbbing Cathedral. I think it was Throbbing Cathedral. Yeah. And then, so, she was there cosplaying as Avison. So, this was a, a ridiculously insane costume that she built, you know, obviously by hand um, from start to finish. Uh, obviously, you know, had art and things like that ahead of time from from wizards to, to go from. Um, but this was not something that she created. It wasn't something that she was doing. Uh, for attention or anything like that, this is something it's, that was
1: it 's what she likes to do exactly like, we all have we all have strange <clears throat> hobbies right like i mean, and in that cosplay being strange it oh, here we go. let me go get my shovel so um <laughs> well it, you know like, it's
0: a it 's a hobby that you know in general you 're in the minority of where not everybody likes to or it 's not you know mainstream where again just in general. Yeah, playing Magic isn't essentially mainstream. Cosplaying Magic isn't right. essentially right. mainstream. So yeah, it, it's right. the same thing.
1: You know, and it's just it's it's you know it, it's something. I, I always think that the you know as just think about it, like these last few years, uh, Magic has really become a microcosm of of sort of uh, America on a whole with some of the issues of uh, you know. Um you know some of the unscrupulous things that have been happening in in magic um you know sort of there are a lot of you know thinking about it there are a few similarities, especially with you know the ever increasing price of certain singles um possible market manipulations on the prices of cards mm-hmm. um you know resellers like that and now this issue too it's you know it's You know, it's, I think these honestly just end up being symptoms of something much larger. Um, And if, you know, I mean, first, like, yeah, I think I've seen her at a few events. I mean, I never introduced myself or anything because I'm not really big into cosplay. And usually at a GP, I'm exhausted. And I probably, you know, I probably screwed up my chances of actually having a positive day. Uh, match-wise because <laughs> mm-hmm. some of us may or may not forget to sideboard after like four hours of sleep so <laughs> um so yeah like i mean you know i was first pers- i was never bothered with it i was like you see it and you're like okay you do you i mean that's not pers, you know cosplay is not something personally for me i think costumes look cool i can see why people like it um and I it it was and to be and to be fair, it is like a really interesting way for them to expand uh those events to uh make it so it's easier to include folks who appreciate magic on more levels than I probably ever
0: will. Exactly. And it's it's something where again there's people that go to GP's or, you know, SCG opens just to you know, walk the vendor aisles. There's, you know, in February, it's, I think SCG has something in Indianapolis and I'm planning to go. I'm not planning to play unless there's, you know, some legacy side events or something. I'm just going to walk and go around and, you know, support some of my friends who are there and probably dump some stuff at vendors and things like that. So it's, I mean, there's going to be artists, there's going to be other stuff. So there's, there's plenty there. And it's just, it's another angle of participation. It's another being a member of of the community, uh, you know, no different than being a judge or when I was growing up playing hockey where I wanted to be a member of the community, but I didn't, I couldn't, you know, have a schedule to play. So I started refereeing. So there's, Mm -hmm. there's things like that where it's, it's just, you know, being another, a part of the community. So there's, it's not like there's, um, a cast system or anything for for lack of a better term inside inside the game um and so for for people to to reinforce that or people to attack that or try to see a seam there and and go after it with you know vicious intent um is is something that that really uh set me off and and obviously looking at some of the stuff and we'll link to um some stuff in in show notes Mm but uh just some of the stuff that was said was obviously so off base. Um, and it's, it's nothing but obviously mm. hatred and bigotry to, to go after somebody who just because again, a, they're different. B, you don't understand it. C, you don't like it. Or D, you're trying to take advantage of it. Um, is, yeah. is just ridiculous because at Detroit, we were walking back to the hotel. We were in the same hotel that, that uh, Christine Sprankle and, and some of her friends were at. And so she had to get into the elevator as Avison. So she had gigantic wings that were <laughs> taller than me, I mean granted she's she's shorter, so as a six foot man, like her wings <laughs> went above my head, but we had to hold the elevator for her so she could walk in sideways and turn and get in the elevator with these wings on, and legitimately, you know she took the wig off, but other than that, I was standing next to a picture perfect representation of the character that's represented on this card and was you know one of the main characters yeah. of the set so when you see that up close, when you experience that it's a completely different thing than, you know, sitting on, on a, a a Twitch stream and being able to hurl insults at someone. Um, and you know, when you get responses, just, you know, have it, you know, just, yeah. Make you, make you feel wonderful.
1: Yeah. And, and the fact that it just wasn't one person, like, I mean, not obviously his, that person's actions were deplorable. Um, Uh, but it wasn't there were multiple victims of that so it's you know and and seeing some of the just really messed up stuff you know um eh, you know it the thing is is that i think people need to step back and uh as a you know this goes you know for the entire country to be honest i think folks need to step back and really take a look and see if they're truly being the people that they want to be and think about possibly what kind of legacy they're going to leave for that next generation. And, you know, it's very easy, you know, like in magic, you can very easily see, um, how those players, it could be an adverse, uh, adverse thing for those players to be in the community when they drive off new players, the new generation of players. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, you can see it, you could, and, you know, you could have really cool people from out of town that stop by your play area, and be like, oh, this place is really cool, let's check it out, and then, you know, you have one, one jerk, you know, and it just ruins it, and it's, it's, you know, it's really just, I honestly, I think it's, it's a symptom of bigger things going on, um, because it's gotten worse over the years, um, you know, as the game changes, as it becomes more acceptable, um, you know, and, you know, and that's part of the, you know, part of the reason is that I don't have a, um, because you're, you know, each, you know, each local game store has like a generation of players. And when the folks that started around the same time that you did at a store start to leave, it gets harder and harder to go to that store. And, when well yeah, you, it's natural for play yeah.
0: groups and and natural groupings of players to come together and start to form and it start to to form a kind of temporal community around a certain time or a certain group of of people that are there at mm-hmm. a time
1: yeah, and you know it gets and it gets hard to get out of you know the value prop you you put the value proposition together with the fact that you know you're dealing with toxic really toxic players now i've i've played in you know and toxic players aren't something you know not every not every local game store is gonna have a group of toxic players or a toxic player or folks that take stuff too seriously because i've played you know i've played i've gallivanted around the state a bit you know i've gone to i've played in fletcher i've played in Asheville, i've played in raleigh um you know so uh never had a chance to actually play in charlotte but um you know it you see the mix uh you see the mix and a lot of good shops a lot of you know there's okay shops and then there's some not so good shops but um you know it's one of those things where you really want to make sure that it's welcoming and inclusive because in the end of the day (laughs) you know it's it's just a game and there's no reason to be so vile or hateful and spit vitriol just for, you know, your own amusement, that's fucked up. And, um, you know, I am, I don't, I don't, I, I personally don't, cond- I, uh, I don't condone it. I, uh, you know, it's not, it's no bueno, uh, especially being a minority that plays magic. Um, you know, I've gone to events where I've been the only black person there, um, yep. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been to GPs where that's happened and it's just, you know, I don't, it's, you know, it's, you always have to, you have to, you have to stand together, um, for those kind of things because, you know, those people, it, they, they were past tear on a whim and you just don't, you know, you don't need any any more victims as now what should happen to the you know the dude realistically you know honestly like i think you've banned people for other things to make a statement about the game uh you've banned other players for that kind of thing i honestly think that his it, that person's behavior has been so detrimental um that that should honestly just be like a lifetime ban. Well, yeah, I think that
0: that's that's probably uh, a you know a, a first step. But then, as some of the recourse and other folks have said, um, where like he's not he's not worried about DCI sanctioning and stuff like that. So obviously, a uh, um, a lifetime ban is is pretty uh, cut and dry as far as you know step one. Um, but then, I mean, there's other things that they would have to go beyond that as far as maybe working with Mm -hmm. some of the streaming companies, um, and then obviously flagging things as, uh, abuse or bullying or harassment and things like that. So, I mean, there's a lot that can be done to, to go above and beyond that.
1: Yeah. I think, I think they should be able to issue a cease and desist, um, because of the amount of damage that they're doing to... The amount of damage that that person is possibly doing to their intellectual property. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it is just basically out of a... It's specific, specifically malicious. Um, and the fact that for some of the things that he says, they all, there are certain individuals that he has said things about that are liable to have a slander case.
0: Yeah, there's like, there's a lot going on there that, that is definitely more than just... Um, uh, you know, something that's going to live in a vacuum. It's something that, uh, again, just like we're saying here, these are things that are being recorded, being published, and out there into the ether forever. Um, so it, it's not something that is, is going to, to go away. Um, but, I mean, it's like you were saying, that some of this stuff is going to be there, uh, and some these people exist, these interactions will happen. Um, there is, you know, shittiness and, you know, cockroaches in, in part of, uh, you know, facets of life or in, in certain communities. Um, but then it's, you know, it's up to the people that don't want to put up with that to, you know, call it out, um, make a stand on, on something, whether it is a soapbox or whether it is a, you know, a platform, um, to, to come out against that. Um, and so, you know, that's where I just wanted to open this week with whatever little, uh, you know, stance and, and kind of audience and, and megaphone that we have here to, to kind of do that, uh, as well. So if there's anything out there similar to that, that, um, in, you know, the magic community or or your hobby community of choice that is need help with, or, or anything like that, um, there's there's, you know, many people to listen, many people to be there that, you know, know that uh, you're there for your enjoyment. You're there to, to be accepted for who you are um, and not be denigrated for any reason or not be attacked for for wanting to be a part of the community. So um, that's something where, you know, it, yeah. however, either of us can help with that. That's where, you know, where we'll yeah. go for, from there.
1: Yes. And now I'm going to have a whole I've got I got a big controversial statement, Rick. You ready? Yep. Ready? Here we go. It's going down in the ether. Chocolate milk is just okay. Not great, just okay.
0: Uh, I will agree with that too since uh, I usually have some after I work out. And then last week I had some and then um, it ended up giving uh, giving me like really weird hiccup burps for a while. Um, and so it was good uh, going down but not, you know, coming back up in, in part. So it was, uh, uh, I, I can get on that train.
1: Yeah, so that's our controversial statement. You know, uh, here 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 at the Rick and Don Show, we uh, we told a line of edginess, but
0: uh, on uh, so, some better notes, we'll link to some of this stuff in um, in the show notes as well. But you've had, i saw you posted some some of your stuff had gotten uh, uh, published recently.
1: Yeah, so this is actually really funny. So I, uh, I uh, the folks over at the Calamus Journal. Um, they published one of my poems, uh, on the first and, uh, the folks over at taxicab mag, mag actually just sent me, uh, posted my stuff about three hours ago, give or take over, over on their site. Um, funny thing is I actually, noticed there's a fucking typo in my bio. man So, because I, uh, I, as, as more and more, uh, a lot of the small literary journals have basically become digital, um, mm-hmm. because it's more cost effective to, um, host online, uh, instead of, uh, pr- uh, cause print's getting more and more expensive. Uh, so they usually, as people start to realize, uh, the archaic limits for the bios, um, uh, are start there's, they're starting to go away. Now you're not going to get 300 words. Uh, but you know, it, it was, I have noticed over the, over the couple years years, it was about 50, you know, now it's seventy-five, maybe a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so I added more, and I just forgot to change a change a thing in it, and uh, I was changing uh, from one perspective to the next in it, and I fucking forgot. <laughs> I forgot to finish the rest of the, the sentence. Um, so <laughs> to change the rest of the sentence, so that's funny. So it's gotten by. Uh, I'm gonna change it now, obviously. Um, but it's gotten by. T- <laughs> Two different editing staffs.
0: That's what uh, <laughs> I wanted to type up a, a me- or I created a little meme today based off of uh, um, the uh, or um, yeah. You, we'll start over. I created a meme um, <laughs> based off of. Uh, the college football playoffs um and before i posted it like you went to one of the meme generators and just typed it in blah 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 but before i posted like i looked at it like three times just to make sure because that's you know generally the way it is today like with everything it's just like i type it up hit send okay whatever but then like that's like the last thing you want to do is type up a meme to you know be something stupid um and then it ends up being something where you have a typo so you look like an ass in in the long run um <laughs> yeah. and so yeah
1: yeah, so it's um it's fun. So you know, I um, I sent that uh I sent that stuff out I think May uh maybe mid November ish, but um, yeah, you know it's just uh you know it's gotta get stuff out there. I actually do a really bad job of, um, some of my my peers from Queens uh, would always were very meticulous about their submissions. Uh, keeping track of where it was sent, you know, where what poems were or what work was sent and, and that kind of stuff. Even spreadsheets, lists. Um, I don't do any of that. Um, I sh- and, and I should, but um, I haven't actually started to send my work to like the next level of journals yet. Mm-hmm. So whenever I send something, it usually gets accepted. Um, like my acceptance rate on Duotrope right now. See me pull up my account. Control panel. Whoops. It's deadlines. Your submissions. Yeah, my acceptance rate is like sixty six percent. Which is like nuts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, if, from my opinion, for someone being outside looking in, that would be something that's a pretty decent or pretty good
1: acceptance rate. Yeah, the, it's usually like, like 10. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, uh, and to be fair, it's like, I'm not, you know, I don't go, you know, I haven't started sending to a lot of like, uh, a, a lot of the hard, you know, like I'm not sending to, you know, uh Tin House, you know, um, or, you know, like, you know, you know, poetry, um, you know, it's just a lot of the smaller journals. And, you know, I'm like, I I do that that way, because I'm looking, I am still trying to learn how to deal with different editors. Um. Yeah, I mean, each one I would imagine would be a different
0: relationship in inside of its own yeah. what they're looking for and things like that.
1: Yeah, I because um, I've I've sent places that I've had my work uh, published in certain places where I, and I don't like the, I haven't liked the way that they've handled my my work. Um, I sent to one place; uh, they published a couple poems um, and didn't even uh, put my tag me right in the notes. So, <laughs> uh, for their website, so if someone were to go to look for the poem, it wasn't even under my name. Uh, Because they just got my name completely incorrect. Uh, So, like, that was cool. Um, That place, I did not like the way they, I really, like, um, which was kind of a bummer because I, like, read a lot. And they were very particular about retaining um, the first rights, first publication rights to my work. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, they didn't fucking pay me anything. But um, they were very, you know you can't publish this like you can't publish this anywhere else for like a like I think it was like three or four months or some six months maybe and I was like okay well I wasn't going to and then you can't even accredit me right in your notes so in case someone who enjoys my work goes to your site to find it they could find it like I mean that's you know I've had a couple of those instances um I think these were the number 14 and number 15th different the 15th different journal that I've dealt with um, and you know they're you know um, they, they've done it pretty well um, I always like it it um, one of the things that I always like is when they go um, if they take the little extra time to actually find me on Twitter um, that always makes me smile a little bit inside
0: um, yeah because they did the footwork they did the legwork, they actually wanted to like check it out and, and reach out to you that way. And I mean, for some of the things yeah. that I get published for work, I mean, seeing things in my, you know, personal email that obviously they had to figure out some other way of connecting with me. Cause that's not what's published in the publication or connecting on Twitter and mm-hmm. things like that. Like it goes a long way because that, you know, shows the, shows the effort there.
1: Yeah. And it was like, it was pretty cool. Like, um, uh, both calamus, um, You know, there are certain tweets that uh, or certain ways that things are presented um, that can really make. The thing is, it's like you're you're a small if you're a small journal, you want to make sure that the people contributing to your journal, um, you know, feel um, feel appreciated. Um, And these last two journals, I I did some research um, a little. I always do. I always check stuff out um before i actually submit there um and i as the years have gone on i've i've gotten more and more thorough about um how I, I deal with that that way um if i want to uh it's easier for folks to go and find my work or i can go and link to it or, or that kind of thing um because i've uh, i've done some of the old guard uh blog press style uh lit journals and it gets really hard to find your work if they don't actually um take care of it or uh, organize it properly. Yeah.
0: There's, there's no difference there between stuff like there and a lot of the technical stuff, as far as being able to have it curated or have the attribution correct. So that things are able to um, be found later on a couple of, you know, months down the road or things like that, where it's not just um, yeah, publish it. Okay. Now move on to the next one. It ends up being something where when somebody does find it through a search or through being linked from somewhere else and, and having all of that stuff, that, that, is a big thing um, because it goes a long way for you to want to come back and publish again um, as opposed to just it being a fire and forget type thing. So that's what I, I experience that all the time with, with, you know, the technical journals that I'm technical journals, technical blogs, publications for that, that I work with.
1: Yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's cool. Oh, am I not following these people? How does this work? Sorry, I, I started to, to dive into uh, dive into Twitter, um, but yeah. So I mean, it's a. I'm gonna oh, follow her. She always has great tweets. Um, so yeah, so I'll probably end up getting external submissions together. I actually have to start, um, putting stuff to, together. I actually, believe it or not, I actually came up with. Uh, the working title, uh, the actual title uh, that I think I'm gonna go with for the first uh, collection that I've got together um, that I'm in the process of editing and and moving poems around in. Nice. And it's a, yeah. Um, it only took me. This is actually basically my thesis from Queens. Um, so it only took me two years to actually come up with a two and two and a half years to come up with an actual title. <laughs> um so you know as as always i'm always super efficient um yeah but it's a uh, cheer uh, cheer screw, uh, cheer i can never pronounce this um cheer, cheer obscuro uh which is the uh it's a italian artistic term um uh that that's used to describe in uh, dramatic paintings um how basically they add depth to the picture or to the painting by using light and dark. Um, And I thought it was actually really fitting for a series of poems about being biracial, uh, being both white and black, uh, and several poems that deal with basically light imagery and dark imagery and East and Western influences. So I figured it was actually really, uh, really appropriate title for that yeah i mean you know, all I of that end up right you know i can end up translating it
0: yeah I, I mean that's spot on as far as the the multi multi-levels multi-layers and kind of all of the stuff that again what you're yeah. like what you're saying just there i mean that that makes sense so that's a that's a great spot on title for it
1: yeah. yeah so i mean you know i i finally thought i was actually really excited to actually come up with it um because it just took, you know, it, it, it took it took a bit of time. I um, actually, believe it or not, that was the only good thing to come from Life is Strange. Um, they actually opened it up with a whole bunch of uh, diff- different uh, art te- techniques. Okay. At the beginning of the game, because the main character is a photographer. So I was like, oh, well, this is, you know, I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. And then I did more research and I was like, oh, okay. And that was it. And then the game ended up sucking. So um, go, go Gadget Square Enix. Um I also finally got a uh, a PSN card so I can go and purchase uh, at least one of those indie titles I wanted to check out. Um either Night in the Woods or What Remains of Edith Finch, not sure yet. Um and we can add to the list of games new releases that I played this year so I can finish that uh so I can actually uh finish finish that top 3 uh games of the year. So it's an ever growing list there. there i'm pseudo working on yeah i figured to to do it to to be fair um you know i did want to add a little indie flair um and um to touch base with a couple things um because realistically like i was like looking over the list of stuff and a few games that um I I realistically I knew if I played I still wasn't gonna pick, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know like realistically like I really do want to play Wolfenstein too I don't think it's you know game of the year material, um, but I did at least want to touch base with with uh, a couple of the indie games that I'd be able to kind of that weren't super long touch base with um, that are actually known for telling really compelling stories. Um, so I wanted to give that a try. Um, oh, Also, for folks who do any uh, you know trading card stuff, on the lighter note, uh, GameStop is clearing out some of their collectibles, uh, and that includes uh, some of the trading cards. So uh, they've done a few Magic sets that I can never get my hands on, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, the Dragon Ball Z Panini game, which has been dead for about a couple of years, um, and Pokemon. So, uh if you like new Pokemon cards, uh for some reason you're paying about a buck a piece for a pack. So, um that's not bad, which is pretty good. Yeah, I saw a so, couple other friends I'm talking about the now. uh
0: the Shadow Shadows overnistrad shadow, like fat packs or bundles or whatever call them now. So a lot of that stuff was yeah. uh going for for pretty cheap. So that's not bad if you can find a GameStop with them.
1: Yeah, um I'm actually waiting for the Pokemon stuff to get a little cheaper. Um, and then I'm probably going to get a ton of it. Because uh, right now I think it's at 70% sticker, 75% off. Um, I want it to wait till it gets to... So it's, it's 50% off of the of clearance price, price, which is approximately uh, 75% of its original price. I want it to get to like 75% of their clear of the, of the clearance price. Yeah. And then I'm probably going to get a whole bunch of Pokemon cards. Um, just cause, just cause it's fun to open packs. <laughs> let me, let me, do, let me do the quick math there. And my trusty phone calculator. Oh boy. Oh, math is scary. three ninety four. Oops. Times 0.25. That's what it is. now. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I'm waiting till it gets down to a dollar about thirty three cents per booster. Before I can justify it. Because <laughs> um, I figure that'd be pretty fun to give it a little give it a little whirl. Um But, yeah, so there's that. Um, I, I uh, have not had a chance to see Justice League yet. Okay. Um, on I, the back of that
0: with a, a very similar movie that I don't think either of us have seen. Um, but we were we were coming back from uh, New York. We, I was out there for a work trip, and, and Amanda tagged along. Um, and so on the way out, uh, we were flying, luckily, with some of the uh, – um, the integration of the former U S airways planes into the American airlines fleet. Uh, many of the planes I'm traveling on are now younger than I am, uh, which is a good thing. Um, so (laughs) that they have decent, uh, entertainment systems or the upgraded entertainment systems while flying domestically. Um, since usually they're not that bad internationally, but, um, domestically, they, they sometimes are, are, you know, left wanting, um, But uh, so they had the headrest type stuff. So we were flying out. Um, I started watching Spider-Man Homecoming on the way out. Um, So it's like two hours, 20 minutes-ish or whatever. And then from here to um, LaGuardia, it's like a 90-minute flight door-to-door. So going out, I was able to watch like the first half of it. Uh, Coming back, I was hoping we were on a similar type plane so I could watch the second half. So uh, we were able to get on an earlier flight on friday um to to jump back and and basically uh so we just walked up and didn't have much time to kill at the airport um walked up got moved to the earlier flight moved out and just uh, basically hopped on the plane um through being you know friday night at uh at LaGuardia, there's going to be delays and all that stuff so we were sitting on the the runway uh for a while uh but all this time i'm watching spider-man or the second half of spider-man on on the the plane's entertainment system um this was one where like, I wasn't really anxious to see since, again, it's the third reboot slash not reboot, but third retelling of, of Spider-Man. Um, I can't even tell you anything that really happened um, in the uh, Andrew Garfield version of uh, Spider-Man, um, aside from uh, Dane DeHaan being in it as Harry Osborn um so like i i just it's it's a you know a non-factor for me um but this is one where again they just killed it and i think it's obviously because they're the integration of the avengers and and working with tony stark and there's a lot of comedic timing and, and stuff in there um it had its ups and downs but overall it was really good i was i was impressed by it and looking to looking to see you know what else they do with that whether um you know where they take uh take uh his or the, the current incarnation of of spider-man in the avengers and, and elsewhere but so i was able to get through the movie um and then now i have a dilemma because i've got about an hour and 20 minutes left before the, the plane's supposed to land um <laughs> and i need to pick another movie and for our listeners that have been on um American Airlines flights and, and know the entertainment system. It's basically like a horizontal scroll that you're like flipping through and you can slide your finger on, um, with a fair amount of latency, but you can slide your finger on and it kind of like flipping through, uh, pages of a magazine to see the different movies you can watch. The it, movie finished, it goes back to that screen. So I can see that there's Spider-Man homecoming, uh, it, the one that I had selected. And then, so two to the right, that's kind of a little bit shaded. Um, is Transformers the last night? Um, oh my goodness! And so the only I, the first thing that came to mind when I saw this was uh, your pre-review of this uh, back over the summer. You know, back I think that may have been the May timeframe now. <laughs> um, and so this will you know will circularly link back to to that specific episode. Um, but that was one where uh, I. I've never really had um, that much thought about what movie I was going to watch. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to subject myself to Transformers <laughs> The Last night um, because all I could hear was, you know, it's Anthony Hopkins and then uh, you're 100% spot on um, – you know, prediction and interpretation, or I guess, uh, impression of Optimus Prime being evil and then uh, <laughs> having a problem uh, of being able to make him not evil. Uh, so, I mean, I, I had the whole movie before I even watched it. Um, so, there really wasn't, I, there really was no other choice for me to do except <laughs> go and watch Baywatch. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, so I, I ended up watching Baywatch for an hour of that and loved it and laughed hysterically, um, to the point that Amanda was telling me to stop laughing because I was annoying the plane. Um, and I, I think that was a, a much better choice than watching Transformers the last night. And the whole time I'm watching that, watching that and making the active decision to not watch Transformers, I could do nothing but, but think of you and your pre-review. So that was, that was a good flight.
1: That's so funny you said that because, so, I have just been, flo- I have been, I have been king procrastinator over here, and last Sunday on FX, uh, so I've been, so, uh, side note, I've been running out of things to watching streaming services, um, so I've been watching cable TV because we have it, and um, what happens is I've been lured to, like, FF, uh, FXX, yep. Uh because of the Simpsons. Random like blocks of the Simpsons that they'll show. Um, but somehow I got rope a I think it was last Saturday. And I watched like two and a half Transformers movies. <laughs> and it was so bad. <laughs> I just absolutely. It just. I absolutely disdain Shia LaBeouf as Spike Witwicky. Um, it was so bad. And. Just seeing like these Michael Bay catastrophes, um, just in full, I mean, oh absolute splendor. Oh my god. Uh, just <laughs> there's a, I've only seen one episode of Family Guy in the last year or so that has actually made me laugh. Um, it this last season they did three different parodies. Uh, they did a like basically like a pseudo clip show, but. Um, they did three different shorts with three different directors that they basically parodied. Um, uh, one was Quentin Tarantino, uh, and his weird feet stuff's probably going to come out any day now. And, um, uh, Wes Anderson and Michael Bay. And so I'm watching these movies, like they were actually, they were actually really funny because there was spot, there was actually some of the best parody I've seen out as Family Guy ever, Mm -hmm. um. And they were dead out on the Michael Bay and I'm just sitting there, you know, just thinking about how preposterous this is. I think it's the is it dark side of the moon where it's like Shia LaBeouf and robots going to save the world because they've taken over Chicago. Yeah. The, <laughs> the dark of the moon.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Dark side. I, I, like, it was so stupid these and i'm just sitting there and it's like you get these shots of flags and the, and the and the boisterous swell of the music and 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 i'm just sitting here and i'm like oh my god oh my god it's just like i those movies are what i imagine a little kid would like when he's playing with action figures would do except this kid has like some really awesome action figures in some lameo human ones that don't like aren't as cool as the robots yep. that he's got. Exactly. But he's like, but we all have <laughs> we all have to play with them. So uh yeah, like I mean those movies are just absolutely so ridiculous and like they're really not well made. Like they're not good movies and
0: well I I mean I think we talked about that before. I mean that was kind of one yeah. of my reasons for not ever caring about them is I can never understand what's going on. Cause I'm just watching them and yes. it's just like massive metal sounds going around and then balls of metal exploding. Um, so that's what, like, I, again, I didn't really need to watch that in, um, uh, in the airplane where there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to decipher what is going on when they're, the transformers are rolling around <laughs> on a little, like six by four screen in an airplane. Choo, choo, choo,
1: choo, choo. Yeah, the, uh, oh my gosh, the, (laughs) I just, like, it's so funny, like, I literally was watching that movie, and there are several times where I'm like, what's the, what's going on? Like, it's just so, oh
0: my gosh, like. I don't know who's hitting who, who's going after who, like, where, like, did they go through a wall? Why does it all matter anymore? Yeah. I mean, like they've showed like, like them using cuts of, and I, I understand like reusing footage and stuff like that, or re, like reusing material that you have. But they've like used like overlaid like transformers on top of like video, like footage from the island bo- that movie that was a number of years ago. Um, so it just, I mean, when you're really kind of phoned it in um it ends yeah. up being like it, it comes through in in the long run when all you're doing is having um you know basically what sounds like throwing an iphone in a blender and then overlaying that on top of some fancy graphics uh no granted it's a mass simplification but you need to have substance to the story and not just some you know whiz bang uh super
1: powerful uh, graphic type stuff yeah i mean you know it's if you you know you like those, I mean every eh, different strokes are different folks, but like, um, <laughs> it's like I just those movies are just such a mess. Uh, I mean it, the fact that I, I stopped watching the it's what's what's the one with Kelsey Grammer in it? There's like six of these movies now. It's like nuts. There's like five or six Transformers. Yeah, uh,
0: it could be last night. I don't remember. Kelsey Grammer being in it. I saw um, the previous one, so whatever the fourth one was uh, that heavily advertised the uh, the dinosaurs, and then there or the Dinobots, um, and then the Dinobots were legitimately in the movie for the last three minutes. Um, that was the last one I saw. So that was I, I think uh, Zach and I saw that Age. twenty yeah, Age of Extinction. Um, I think yeah. we saw that like twenty summer twenty fifteen, um, but yeah. there was not much else. I don't remember much else besides that
1: yeah that's where i basically went uh that's where i basically left the house went to get a pie eat it ate that in shame and watched nhk world instead <laughs> um <laughs> like that was pretty much it and it was just the difference of they had this. i was watching this this piece um um the, the title of the piece was basically a phone call to the wind Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And there's this small village that was ravaged by that tsunami a while ago. And um as a part of the grieving the townspeople, there's this phone that's basically there's a phone booth that's not connected to anything and these people come and they make phone calls to their loved ones that were taken uh who lost their lives in the tsunami or still missing from in the tsunami. And, you know, just to, just to see like just to see something an idea that's so sad and so beautiful at the same time in this uh, in this ja- in this japanese countryside and then compared it to like this you know america bloom bloom like and i know they're two different there's obviously two different intentions with that but just the just the contrast of like you know it's like you, no wonder the world thinks we're fucking cowboys exactly 100% like. <laughs> exactly
0: like i it's i say it very often more often than I very much like is, you know, this is why the rest of the world hates this type thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I mean, and you know, it's just uh I mean and then there's nonsense with the tax bill. Net neutrality. Like, man. Ugh, this is I don't know. Uh just I don't know anymore. It's nuts.
0: Is there any uh, anything else you had uh, on top of mind this week? Because I think we covered everything that uh, I was holding in and wanting to, to rant and rave on for, for this week. Uh, did you end up doing anything for Black Friday? Did you end up picking up any Black Friday deals? We can close on that as far as a, a recap of what we did last week. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. Um, I picked up uh, uh, Amazon Fire Stick and a copy of Pokemon Ruby. Apparently Fire Sticks were 20 bucks at GameStop. Uh, I did not know that, or else I w- actually would have gotten out of the house. Um, <laughs> but who needs pants? Yeah, I know. Oh, because I could have gotten them for fucking sixteen dollars. <laughs> so I had, I had some really, I had some really good points coupons. So um, I got that and a copy of po- Pokemon Ruby. And I've been playing around with the Fire Stick. Um, downloaded a whole bunch of stuff I didn't know existed to it. Uh fun fact, I did not know you could play like GTA San Andreas on a fire stick.
0: I, I did not either. I know that they've been pushing games and I mean advertising what you can do there, but that's uh you know that's one that's uh I I thought would be pushing the boundaries of the technical specs, but I guess that's a pretty good one to to get on
1: there. <laughs> yeah, I um yeah, so it it made me um so I've been experimenting with some stuff. Uh I've been uh, you know, doing you know looking at Plex um, I've been told about Cody, but I can't find that I think they took it off the store yeah I think so I think you've got to sideload it store. so um you know there's a whole bunch of stuff like that I've been looking at but it just made me uh you know it kind of made me smile um when I'm th- you know thinking about uh, going away um, with some of the apps you can access like content basically back home and like it just kind of made me, you know, kind of smile a little bit. Um for when I do go overseas, I will be able to um have access to at least some of some of my media and maybe a way to show uh, you know, some of those kids uh to show all the Japanese school culture that I'm teaching Diehard um for around Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So. That that's the <laughs>
0: The the penultimate Christmas movie is Die Hard, so that that's what I haven't seen those uh those Facebook posts coming up yet, but uh, that that's probably something that will happen very soon.
1: Gremlins is also a really good Christmas movie. Um, I watched that for Halloween, and I didn't realize I should have just held off and watched it during Christmas. But um, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Uh, also, also, side note, um, if you... Oh, this guy's going to blow his house up. Um, also, uh, for those of you that haven't checked it out, I know we're going probably longer, we're getting close to wrapping up, I just want to give a shout-out to Best. Uh, I think the new season starts starting next month. Uh, Louis Anderson is fucking amazing in that show. Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, he... He uh, does a fantastic job as Chris Baskets. And uh it's a performance I there are very very few times I see a performance where I want more I, I want to see that character more. And uh Christine Baskets is is definitely one of those characters I want to see more of. Uh the entire second season of Baskets basically focuses on her. So um if you haven't seen it. I think I think he won an I think he won an Emmy last year for the performance. Um so it's baskets is on point. What uh,
0: uh what is that? I, I know I've heard of it, but I don't know exactly what it is. Is that an FX show? Or is that uh yep. okay, it is on FX? Yep. Uh
1: did you uh did you have to watch any of the runaways?
0: Uh yep. So I uh I caught all of those and uh um it was kind of slow rolling it for Amanda to see if she would like it. Um, and luckily that paid off and Mm -hmm. and she's hooked. Um, so, uh, so that, that's good. Um, and then with the registration that I had for C2E2, uh, we got a free month of Marvel unlimited. So I downloaded, um, the digital copies of, of Runaways there to start reading those since most of the local shops and then three comic shops in New York were sold out of the, the trade paperbacks of, of Runaways. Um, but the, the show's really oh, well done because wow. I wanted to, to just get caught up on some of the things that I was remembering slash misremembering, um, on the show and seeing like how they were doing it differently, kind of like, you know, the whole walking dead type thing. Um, but it's, it's really well done. I think I'm tolerating the one episode a week. They dropped the first three episodes right away. Uh, Two weeks ago, last week was episode four, um, and then so uh, coming up in a couple of days it'll be episode five. Uh, it's really well done. I think most of the characters are, are kind of pretty spot on. They, they, I'm interested to see the payoff for one of the characters and and her parents. Um, they they changed uh, they changed that and kind of made it up a little, which um, understandably so. Just with a with it's a lot easier to handle handle that character development um, in a comic with that many different people, but when they're you know real life humans and, and shows, it ends up being, um, a little bit of a problem to, to just juggle that many actors and that many storylines, um, which is something, a, a topic we'll have for another time. Once, uh, once we do talk justice league, um, because I, I have a interesting conversation around, uh, if it, uh, uh, yeah, infinity war and, and all the stuff for using the, um, where there's there's going to be a predicament that we have uh, as far as we're coming to a, a critical mass for some of this stuff, but um, so far it was really well done. Enjoying it, uh, I think most of the the actors that they they pulled from are pretty spot on. Um, so looking to see where uh, I, I would hope this week they go kind of full badass, full runaway style, um, and then uh, go from there.
1: Yeah, I um I I will I get paid Friday. So, I will go see Justice League probably by myself. Um, God, I work all fucking weekend too. Um, maybe I could actually just catch it done by work. Good see that. Check it out. Um, but I could maybe see it Thursday. Ooh, that does sound nice. <laughs> maybe I'll do that. I'll catch a matinee. But, um, yeah, so I, I watched the first three episodes, I saw the first three episodes of The Runaways. Um, I actually liked it um i thought it was pretty cool uh i i I like slow i like slow growth kind of stories Mm -hmm. um that's just more my my alley um it's funny it's because whenever i talk about storytelling i'm literally going urgency 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 and there's like a little bit there but it's a very it's episodic urgency um it's it's all it's kind of different so well, and that's a, um,
0: similar to the kind of the uh, Infinity War, Justice League type thing. Um, mm-hmm. We just earlier today caught up and watched all four of the CW show, CW DC superhero TV crossover shows um, mm-hmm. for Crisis on Earth X. Um, and there's a very similar vein there where uh, there's an artificial urgency to show action or show progression. Um, but then, when you take a step back and look at what's going on, um, it's just filler. Um, so that there's there's not a lot that gets done um, that actually needs to be uh, to to kind of uh, progress uh, the majority of what the show is about. Uh, so you have massive amounts of heroes just essentially for our mmo fans fighting trash mobs um as opposed to you know fighting the villains or whatever um and yeah. so that's what so far without with the the way runaways is taking it they're doing character development um they're tackling things in in a way that is is interesting and you have obviously these teenagers that are dealing with multifaceted problems which i think the the first spider-man <laughs> it's movie
1: it's exactly
0: the uh the first spider-man movie uh Kind of pulled off uh, pretty well, um, but then having them all uh basically handle things differently and it's not just run in, start fighting, and you know everybody just keeps their fist swinging, and everybody's happy in the end type thing so um I'm digging it looking to see where they where they go, and hopefully they uh, they runs for a couple seasons
1: yeah yeah i mean i'm always rooting for it uh, i'm always rooting for good t v uh especially now since um um this will probably be the last last thing of note I have to say. Um, the just ever <laughs> that's it. This is it's is it. gonna kind of uh, end the podcast. Everything then. else I say for the rest of my life is just oh boy. Um, no, I was just gonna uh, bring up Netflix's price rage, price price raids, and I don't know. It's it's tough of the not uh, content there. So it's good to see Hulu uh, still putting out good content. Yeah. And it, I
0: mean, we jumped back and then that was one of the, like the first things when I signed on to Netflix instead like based on all this other stuff, it's, you know, raising up, you learned about it last year, all this stuff. So, I mean, there's a number of streaming services that, that we subscribe to, obviously talking about like the WWE network and some of that other stuff. So uh, it's getting to be where we're kind of reassembling our own a la cart bundles. And so we'll probably have to, you know look at which ones we're actually using more of and, and cut back but for for the time being um it's good to kind of see Hulu have a um another anchor show that I'm interested in coming back since they they lost the CW TV's shows um they lost the Comedy Central contracts and stuff like that so um just the the investment there is something that's oh. that I'm I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, I've been watching a lot of... I didn't know they lost all those contracts.
0: Yeah, that was uh, back uh, back earlier in the year. Um, I want to say early this year, they, they lost the, the Comedy Central uh, contract. And then before the last set of seasons, um, they had lost... There was a big announcement going into this current season. Or no, go, I want to say last season that they, were, uh, um, they weren't they were getting the uh, the CW shows any longer.
1: Hmm, that is interesting. I'm gonna have to I'm also in the process of trying to reassess uh uh you know which streaming services are gonna be worth it, depending on how I can figure out Plex. Um which I figure we probably talk more about um some point. Mm-hmm. But uh 'cause I 'cause I know I, I I am interested in building a server for that too. But you know, d- depending on on that, I could almost completely, I could probably just completely sustain, uh, subsist on a, a Plex server and just buy DVDs of television shows at yard sales. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because <But, laughs> I don't know how to pirate.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we can catch up on that and then make sure you're uh, um, you're good to go for uh, for the time being. So we we can catch up on that uh, over the course of the week.
1: Yep. well, that's pretty much all I had. Awesome, <laughs> this
0: is this has been a good one. It was definitely something I I wanted to make sure we got in uh, in a timely fashion. So this should this should be good. So we'll uh, we'll get this up soon.